How the fuck are you? Welcome to the Higher Trainer Podcast. Now today I am joined by Miranda, aka the Bodyweight Bitch, and you may have seen some of her viable tribal, said that the wrong way around, live workouts on Instagram, banging those serious house tunes, or you might know her from some of the self-care or mental health videos that she's been putting up. Now, she brings a lot of fucking genuine realness to, to Instagram, which is severely lacking. You know, one thing she did mention was there was enough home workouts being put up on Instagram. It didn't need any more, and she's bringing more what people need, you know, being able to accept yourself and learning from your past struggles and just becoming a better person. And self-development is a little bit of what we touched on, touched on Brazilian jiu-jitsu and combat sports and what's it like being a female trying out those sports and i'm not going to talk anymore let you enjoy the podcast here we have miranda aka the bodyweight bitch and we are live how you doing miranda thank you very much for coming on no thanks for having me eh? and uh what's what's been keeping you saying now in isolation obviously everything has changed shit's gone fucking crazy in the last like little while but what's been keeping you saying Man, I'm just keeping busy. I keep busy, like, my whole day. I'm up early. I've got a routine. I stick to it. Even if I don't fucking want to, I fucking do it. Um, cooking has really helped me. I just mm. love being in the kitchen. Often when I'm working, I'm out all day. So I only get to really get creative in my evening meals. But it's been so nice to take time to cook breakfast, lunch, dinner, and really like plan my meals. I don't know. Maybe it sounds a bit lame, but ah, no, I'm the there, same. yeah, really helped me. I'm the exact yeah, really. same. You cook a lot. Oh uh, well, I didn't before. Uh, obviously, lockdown. I'm. I was PT in like thirty something hours, and then doing online coaching. So I didn't have time to cook meals, even yeah. meals, same as yourself, and maybe at the weekend. But then you know, sometimes you're not arsed after work. But then yeah, you get, you get, you get a chance. Time. You get a chance now, and you have like three meals a day. You get to cook. It is fucking class. What uh, what crazy shit have you come up with so far, cooking wise? Apart from banana, banana skins. Apart from banana skins. <laughs> you know what? I'm really trying to not to minimize my food waste. So I use it as like a bit of a challenge. I've um, been seeing how creative I can get with cauliflower this week. So I've eaten four days in a row. I've had cauliflower, <laughs> and I've just got all the leaves in my fridge downstairs. And I'm gonna do something kind of magical with them tonight I've not decided what yet but I like sort of giving myself a challenge like okay how little can I spend this week okay cool let's do like a shop for 15 pounds and then we try and get as creative as I can with their meals but with like a minimum budget so that's been fun (laughs) fair play and have you always liked uh, giving yourself challenges like that no not really it came out of necessity because I was I basically quit my job and I went traveling for a month around America and I came home and I didn't have any income. So I was like, okay, I need to really cut back on my spending. So I gave myself 20 pound a week for food and that was for me and my husband and that's all we're allowed. (laughs) It was tough. And that was after I was getting all these food boxes delivered, like Riverford, fresh veg, organic fruit. Top of the um, range. So lots of money on food. And then I thought, you know what, this is actually kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to challenge yourself like that. I would have been guilty of getting like gusto boxes and stuff that makes yeah. it more convenient. But then mm-hmm. you, you lose that creativity a bit. And I, I like being creative as much as I can. And cooking is yeah. one of those things. Um, but one thing you've definitely been creative with lately has definitely been your uh, content and Instagram. Those videos oh. have, have been a nice little change. Uh, what made you want to start doing like, you know, lots of videos where you're kind of talking and giving more insights on, on yourself? You know what? I came back um, when I came back from my recent trip to Miami. Right. It was already in. Everyone was in lockdown. And because I was kind of away from the Instagram bubble when I was in Miami, I didn't realize how like saturated Instagram had got with workouts, free workouts, this free workout, ab workout glute workout blah 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 and I would always sort of my page was very flow based so I'd always put like sequences and movement sequences and stuff like that on my page and I thought you know what it's just too noisy right now no one we don't need any more try this at home workouts like we've got so many so what else can I give that is of value 
to people people don't want to see any more workouts they want to just see people chatting mm. so i just would always think what do i need to hear today and i'll talk about that and then hopefully people resonate with what i was saying does that make yeah. sense yeah, it does. i think i think that can be a powerful thing when yeah. you kind of dig into what you would almost tell yourself uh, i was having mm. a chat uh, the other day and one of my friends was telling me about he, when he's coaching, he's trying to put out content. He tries to almost talk back to his younger self. Be like, what, yeah. would, he, what would he want to hear? And then wow. lashing it like that. And it almost sounds like a little bit of something like what you're doing. Totally. Because people, if you want to hear it at some point, other people need to hear it as well. We often think that we're so alone in our worries, but actually everyone's fucking thinking the same thing. And then you just need someone to say it. And everyone's like, whoo. Not just me. Great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. And actually one question I wanted to ask, I, I might've, might've not seen uh, why you became known as the bodyweight bitch. And I want to know why that name came about. <laughs> why, why was it? You know what? I brought around, I, I created the bitch clinic, which is like an all female community basically because I was around all these awesome women and they'd always come to my classes, but no one would chat. And I know all these cool stuff about um, all these different women. Like she's a CEO of this company. She's a survivor of an abusive relationship. Like all these women have been through all this shit, but no one's talking. So I just wanted to create a community that brings women together to have a laugh, get to know each other. And so that's why I thought of the bitch clinic. I was always, I know the word bitch is such a negative word. Like, oh, she's such a bitch. But actually, <laughs> I just wanted to change the meaning of it. Mm. And then I would just always say, bitch, bitch, bitch in my class. So girls would be calling me, hey, bitch, like, can't wait for class today. So I don't know. It was all my, all my training was body weight. It just felt right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the name definitely stuck anyway. And I think it is good that you're kind of eliminating that sort of thought process when you hear the word bitch. They're not going to, yeah. they're going to think of something different. Yeah. And uh, it de it's definitely a catchy name. <laughs> and with the bitch clinic, obviously sharing stories is important. And I think that's a big thing that you try and do is get people to share mm -hmm. their stories. Uh, as humans, we love the story. And if you can resonate with it, it makes it so much better. Yeah, totally. What, uh, what was the hardest thing maybe at the start when you were start off the bitch clinic, uh, like trying to get people to open up? I'd say like some people can be quite, closed off to that sort of things starting off definitely i found that you really have to lead the way in terms mm. of the conversation so say i would want to talk about having courage in a certain industry like being a female and having courage in my industry i would have to be willing to be vulnerable and that opens the floor for other people i couldn't just bring these women together and expect them to be super open and wanting to share their stories, but then be closed myself. So that was one thing I didn't really expect when I started the bitch clinic, how much work I had to do with my own shit. Mm. Um, so starting it really brought up a lot of things that I had to sort of confront, which I had probably helped you as well. Yeah, totally. It was so healing. Like every time I speak about stuff I've been through, <clears throat> I find it so healing. Um, so yeah, it, it was daunting, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it fucking was. Anytime like, I, I only started putting up stuff maybe in social media properly about a year and a half ago. And there was one thing I always was afraid of was like talking about something real that happened to me or my, my story. Mm -hmm. I'd just be like putting out information, but there was no story. Yeah. Of, of, there was no connection to me behind it. But when you start doing that, you obviously get more confident and you can like kind of battle some of your own inner demons from like sharing okay it's cathartic isn't it yeah it is it yeah. is and uh i'm a big combat sports person and that was another thing that kind of uh brought me on to you because boxing is a uh, one of my favorite sports and i love uh, the boxing class we did the other day i was an absolute bit so just have to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't hadn't done any shadow boxing in ages but uh boxing um can be a powerful thing as well in any combat sport you know i think you know you face them battles in the ring uh, yeah. obviously in a controlled environment and it makes it easier to fight sort of battles that are uncontrollable outside. Um, what was it that kind of made boxing so special for you or made you want to stick with it? I think I came from a very aesthetic goal-based 
type of training. I was a weightlifter and that's all I did. And I worked at Gymbox at the time and I was just surrounded by people that were staring at themselves in the mirror doing front raises. And that's what I thought training was about. I just thought it was, I don't know. That's, I, I just, it hadn't occurred to me that my mind be on how my body's looking during training mm. then I went to a boxing gym and everyone looked totally different there wasn't like a body type there was people in like baggy t-shirts working out and I was like what you're not gonna work out topless like <laughs> wow it was like a type of environment I'd never been in and it was all about like how fast you could move like it was all about teaching each other the skill as well which was again like not something that you get in a gym everything's like everyone's out for themselves in a strength mm. gym but in a martial arts gym people are there to teach everyone and it just it was an environment that I'd never been in before um, it was so warm and welcoming and I just felt really at home and it was so nice to have a different focus on my training not think about my body but just think about learning a skill yeah. and feeling fucking badass basically it was awesome absolutely I, that's the two things that kind of stuck with me when I tried BJJ I was like the learning side of it was big for me because I love training but you know it gets boring if you're just like going for reps or heavier weight there's not, yeah. no real challenge like and I was searching for something and then BJJ came along and I was like, holy fuck, I've opened Pandora's How box here. How long you been doing uh, I did it for a year and a half. And then when I started um, in the gym that I'm working in now, I said, told myself I didn't have time and I didn't do it for a year. Told myself to stop being an idiot. And I got back into it four weeks before lockdown. Nice. But as soon as lockdown is lifted, I'll be back in there. Can't fucking wait. Yes, I can't wait. Oh my goodness. How long have you been doing it? I'm super new. So... Uh, probably like four months, four or five months before I went to Miami. Um, and then obviously lockdown since then. But man, it's just such a killer sport. It is. It is. It's a mental yeah. mental game. It's almost like uh, puzzles for adults with like oh, violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's class. Like uh, it's, it's mad that it's legal as well. <laughs> when, I, when I was doing it, my first session, I was like, is this allowed? Are you sure you're meant to choke me out? Yeah. Is that the rule? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Buckle> in. <laughs> oh, it's fucking mad. And I did a competition not last summer, the summer before. And when you get to that uh, and you see like rolling on the mat, obviously it's intense. But when you see it at competition level and you see people like, you know, going out to rip your shoulder off or proper yeah. kick, yeah, it's a different level of sport. Like obviously boxing is intense seeing people like tumped ahead of each other. But like it's something vicious about like seeing somebody getting someone into an arm bar. And it's, doing so primitive. it's so primitive. <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, that's the game. That's the game. I'd yeah. say I'd say you uh, learned a lot when you went to Miami to the Budokan uh, Academy, wearing the, the top there. Yeah, very much. <laughs> oh man, like I, the lovely thing about being in any kind of martial arts gym, you know, the coaches have honed their craft because they've got the belt to prove it it's like you've been studying this craft for 10 15 years because you're an eighth grade fucking black belt like you know you've dedicated your life to it going into a normal gym you anyone can be a pt and teach but a martial artist is like <laughs> it's another level like, yeah, yeah literally like and you can just fucking teach someone but jujitsu it's such an inspiring being in a jiu-jitsu gym is so inspiring because you know these people are masters of what they teach. And Budokan was exactly that. Like these people have dedicated their lives to it. And I just felt so lucky to be in that environment around all these incredible athletes. Mm. And I was there with my little white belt, three <laughs> stripes. <laughs> hey, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, that's the way you learn. You throw yourself in the deep end like that and yeah. you come out the other end like crazy different. Um, I, I think there's a lot to be said for doing many train, training camps like that. Uh, it mm. puts you in a different level because, you know, with work and all the other things when you're in your normal environment, you can't get into that mindset. But when you're just training or you're just there to train, you yeah. get into that sort of primitive mindset like you were speaking about. Totally. Yeah, it's awesome. And did you pick up much skills on the side of coaching? Like, obviously, you instruct and, like, learn the new movements. What, what sort of things mm. did you learn from them over there? So what they do is it's called mixed movement arts. So they have 
um, martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, and they have yoga and they have mobility and they, it, their whole premise is blending the three together and seeing how it's like you can't do one without the other and how they complement each other so well. And it just gave me such a, a new perspective of being a teacher. I don't want to stop learning. I want to keep on building on my knowledge and blending stuff together and showing people like you can't just do one thing. If you want to be an athlete, like try this, this, this stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think will help. Like, well, how's yoga going to help me in jujitsu? Well, actually, I mean, the mobility is crazy. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just made me rethink my perspective on um, being a coach. And also that whole thing of like, I really, really want to master my craft. And the only way you can do that is by just being a student. Absolutely. Forever a student. Yeah. Forever a student. And I think one thing I, that expanded my own game uh, coaching was whenever I started BJJ and I started seeing how they trained and realizing that you don't need a pigeon to hold yourself into like, oh, I'm a bodybuilding style coach or I'm a, like a weight loss specialist or anything like that. Pick a little bit from everything. Like, you know, use what's, take what's useful, uh, discards, discard what's not useful. Bruce yeah. Lee said something similar to that in a lot elo more eloquent way than that, I'm sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a fucker for that as well. You know what? Like taking like amazing quotes and then I just fucking murder them. <laughs> <laughs> I've one I've one written down like that I always keep repeating. Like I keep writing it down on my journal in the morning. I'm like, don't forget this because you always say it wrong. And then I just keep saying <laughs> it wrong. It doesn't help. <laughs> what is it? Tell me it. Murder it. Right. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it right this time. Uh if you think you can't, no, whether you think you can't, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're probably right. There we go. Got awesome. It. I love that. Fuck you for asking me. <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. Um, obviously, being, being a female and uh, boxing, um, that would challenge a lot of stereotypes. And I seen you share um, something about Katie Taylor there yesterday. I only looked at it briefly, but she would be someone in Ireland who challenged a lot of stereotypes, you know, like, Females shouldn't box. It shouldn't be in violent sport. Did you uh, get any like, not backlash, but like you know people saying it whenever you start doing these combat sports? So when I told my parents I was going to box, they were like, "No, your face." <laughs> and when my brother mentioned that he was boxing, my mum was like, "Go on, like I'll pay for your membership. Let's go." <laughs> definitely like pushback on being a girl people thinking like oh my god you're too delicate like you shouldn't be doing that definitely as a coach people don't trust you as much you have to really prove yourself as a boxer and as an instructor way more than the male instructors do at my gym that I work at for sure like I, I can just feel people are resistant to come mm. to my class they're like girls don't really box even though like girls have been boxing for years but there's still it's just newer isn't it so yeah yeah there's, there was resistance is there anyone else apart from katie taylor that you were kind of look up to because i know it's 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 good whenever you you're you have somebody look up to who's in a similar situation you know having mm. idols to kind of resonate with yeah i love clarissa shields I love her whole story. Like every time I read about her story coming from that shithole town, um, being abused when she was younger, like she's battled so much. I just think she's incredible. I, um, do you want to give a little explanation about her? I'm, I'm not sure of her name off the top of my head, just to give so the background. She's from a town called Flint in Michigan, right? And it's one of those towns that didn't even have like running water, like, it was proper forgotten shithole town of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came from a family that was super poor, lots of abuse, a very turbulent house. And she found solace in boxing. And for so, for most of her like early career, people told her, no, no, you're not built to be a boxer. She's got quite short arms. Um, so she would get picked on a lot and all her coaches were like, you are not built to box. You will never make it as a professional boxer, but you know, you can have an amateur career and fucking look at her now, everything she's achieved. Um, she's just amazing. And it's pure hard work. She's not, you know, some people, all these basketball players, their bodies are 
what else would they be if they weren't a basketball player? They are yeah. built to play basketball. Clarissa Shields is not built to box, but I've literally got goosebumps talking about her. <laughs> Love her. Not fucking fancy now, Jesus. <laughs> Keeping like, your pants, mate. <laughs> yeah, now, Miranda, get over it. Um, but yeah, she's like pure hard work, dedication, which I just find amazing. You're yeah. like an underdog story then by the sounds of it. I'm a big fan yeah, of the underdog man, myself. Doesn't? Yeah. doesn't? You when someone's like, they're undefeated, blah, blah, blah. I'm a bit like, oh, really? They're undefeated? Like, that's why I love um, Katie Taylor so much because she got really humbled one year mm. and she always talks about, I'm not defined by my wins. I'm defined by how hard I fought back after I lost. And I just, that's so nice to hear i just love hearing about people's failure failures and how they come back afterwards absolutely and speaking of like failures and how, how you come come out afterwards is there any like is there any uh, obstacles or failures that like you that stick in your head that like you kind of grew a lot from you know that maybe shaped like yeah, even just I mean, with boxing or with coaching failures not so much obstacles definitely they've all been obstacles that I feel like I've set myself and I've had to really break down. Like, obviously I speak about on my Instagram about my early relationship, getting into a very like sexually abusive relationship. And then I think, I feel like I've built up all these obstacles myself mm -hmm. that I had to tackle like self doubt all the time. I'm always thinking I'm not good enough. I don't know anything. I can't do this. I can't do that. And so just those mental barriers mm. that you have to constantly fight against. Yeah. So yeah, that's been like a real issue for me working through that. I think that's the same with most people. Obviously people get put in really tough situations and environments, but a lot of the time it's our own self, self-limiting. We feel like yeah. we can't do that. Even me starting this podcast, I was like, who the fuck is going to want to talk to this Irish fella with a ginger beard, <laughs> like holding up a Wu-Tang Clan mic? But like, I was like, you know, fuck it. Like, uh, I want to do it. So why the hell am I setting myself these uh, rules in my head that, you know, I can't like you know, message people to do a podcast, which is silly. You know, yeah, it's, all, it's always the self-limiting. But I think people like yourself that like show, show that side that, you know, beat these barriers and you can move forward. Like it really helps people because a lot of people seem to resonate with you. Yeah. And uh, one thing I've definitely noticed with the classes, whether from doing them or just seeing them, is the energy. Have you always set out to bring that energy in your classes and when you're coaching or is that something that's kind of developed? You know what, man? When I start teaching, my soul literally lights on fire. <laughs> I can't help it. I fucking love it. So it's not even like, I don't think in my head, I need to bring energy, I need to bring energy. I'm like, I fucking got energy because this is what I love to do. Mm. Um, when so the music I goes know. on, you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally like lights on, go, like you can do it. And doesn't matter if I'm in like a shitty mood, the moment I press live and it connects and I see people coming in, I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, I don't know, I just feel so at home doing it. So yeah, I guess that's why I'm full of energy with it because it's just what I love doing. Mm. And you, you must have it as well. Oh, I fucking love it. Um, one thing I was going to say is, what do you think the big difference is for yourself, you know, getting pumped up to go, or not even pumped up, but getting the same vibes whenever you're doing a live compared to being in person? Because that's one thing that I've noticed because mm -hmm. I'm doing virtual classes over Zoom and virtual PT. Obviously, I can still have the crack and like chat away, but it's not the same. You have to bring mm -hmm. your energy slightly differently. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I fucking love it. I, I'm the same. Like if I went, like let's say, I went out in the, the night before, had a few drinks, got up the next morning at seven o'clock. I'd still happily go in and I'd yeah. bring, bring the same energy. And then oh, I'd be dying after. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird fucking thing. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I have a, I'm better with it because I have the Irish blood and I can get over alcohol a little bit easier. <laughs> but like, it, I can just switch it on and switch it off. And yeah. it's, it's fucking mad. You're probably the same, are you? Yeah, do you ever get like an energy dump after you taught an amazing class? You mm. feel incredible. And then like an hour later, you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you sit like on, on the couch, just like looking at your phone or whatever, like yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's strange though. It's like, I remember somebody comparing like 
taking classes or like coaching a team to people getting up on stage and singing or performing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's to a lot less people than what we, you, you go in the fucking Wembley stadium. Like, yeah, <laughs> like my 10 people watching me on zoom, <laughs> but, uh, it is that same thing. It's like the high and then you're like, Oh, I'm here all by myself. Man. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause you've got all this energy and it's like, where do I put it? <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing I've tried to do myself is get straight training after, because I found, if I just sit there, I am in a bad way. But like, if I get up and do something, then that energy is just straight in. That's really clever. Maybe I should try that. I just sit there for hours in my own sweat, avoid it, <laughs> avoiding the shower. And then take a video without even showering before. <laughs> <laughs> I am so bad. I literally, you have to force me into the shower. Yeah, I'm pretty bad myself. I often get given out <laughs> by my girlfriend who's, who's upstairs and she probably like, can hear me through the fucking thing. And she's like, shut up, don't be saying that. <laughs> um but uh one thing that i thought was interesting um obviously you're you're married uh, i think it's a couple of years now nearly is it yeah two years nearly two years now and he isn't a, a big into fitness or he's not a fitness instructor as far as i'm aware no god no what opposite, opposite. do you think it's important to have somebody that you, you live with or that your partner is that isn't in fitness so you have that kind of normalized mm. sort of side because sometimes you can kind of get looped up into fitness if you're around yeah, all the time I wonder I don't know if it's about like being not in fitness or I don't know I I do love it personally I mm. like it because I feel like if I had a fitnessy boyfriend or husband um it would maybe suck the joy out of it a little bit because I don't know i couples that train together stay together it's not my vibe I'd rather just do my own thing yeah Uh, yeah I don't know I get asked that question all the time like oh is he sporty and I'm like no he loves computer games (laughs) (laughs) hey nothing wrong with that I'm I'm a fiend for a bit of ps4 as well definitely nothing wrong with that like is she is she into fitness um no she wouldn't be but like she'd be she'd do a little bit of training every uh, every now and then she's starting to get back into it a little bit more now that the good weather's out, there's, there's not as much of an excuse anymore. <laughs> but uh, she, yeah, she's not really into it. But I think it is, for me personally, helps to having somebody there that's kind of normal life, let's say. Because if you're around <laughs> fitness all the time, it can be a bit consuming, I find. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially with things like food. When I was really obsessive about my food, Zach would really bring me back to earth mm. and would order takeaway. And I would realize, you know, I'm not going to die. And it, everything's going to be okay. So definitely having someone that isn't that bothered about it is refreshing yeah. for sure. I, I don't like thin boys. Yeah. I feel that <laughs> like I'm, I'm the exact same thing. Like I, before I would have been like, no, I'm not going to eat a takeaway. Uh, but Dana might be like, oh, should we get a takeaway? We haven't had one in a little while. And I'm like, actually, you know what? It's not the worst thing getting a takeaway yeah. every now and then. You need no. that shit. My mic keeps fucking turning off. Um, but uh I know you feel like we're kind of doing self-care wrong from <laughs> your video that you put up. But uh, one thing I resonated with a lot was when you mentioned that it can be a bit wanky when you're trying to talk mm. about them, them sort of things like mental health or mindset. Why do you think people take that approach or that stance on it? What do you mean? Like think, thinking it's a little bit wanky? Yeah. I guess because it does sound quite hippy-dippy. I... I I'm a little bit hippie with that kind of thing. I think taking a holistic approach, um, doing a lot of like self-reflection, that's the kind of stuff that I found the most helpful, but people don't want to do that. Mm. It's hard work. Um, I don't know, people, yeah. I think people are still a little bit resistant to that whole that whole um ethos but i want people to know that i'm i'm aware (laughs) i'm aware it wasn't long ago that i thought the same do you know what i mean like meditation blah 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 blah, blah. i don't know i i want people to realize it is it is hippy dippy and but it's also it also works (laughs) exactly that's the biggest fucking thing like I, I found that battle hard to maintain, you know, like not being too hippie sounding and then still still getting people to do some things that are going to be beneficial to themselves. It's, yeah. it's a fine line between wanky and being educational. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
I'm not, I mean, do you like believe in Zodiac stuff? Because as soon as someone says I'm a Pisces, you lose me. Fuck that shit. (laughs) 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 But you know, what's funny. My girlfriend (laughs) believes in that. My girlfriend would believe in that, but I don't, I don't abuse her over it. I just be like, oh yeah, that's, that's nice. And then just kind (laughs) of, no, no, I respect, obviously I respect people's belief. And if you know, you can resonate with something, Mm. why not not let it be your star sign? Uh, when when you're trying to find that balance between obviously not being too wanky and helping people, um, do you have a little chat in your head? Be like, right, maybe is that a little bit too far? Or do you just go fuck it and just fire it out there? I just say fuck it. Yeah. What would I resonate with? That's what I always think. Sometimes, you know what? I filmed I filmed videos and I've watched it back and I'm like, I don't resonate with that. I'm not going to put it out. I just as long as I resonate with what I'm saying, then I don't care. Yeah. There was like a few things like my thirsty Thursday videos where I've thought, should I talk about shitting in a bush and stepping in my own shit? <laughs> Probably not, but I find it funny. So maybe a few people will as well. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say you're a very refreshing dose of fuck it. And I, that's one thing I do enjoy whenever I go onto Instagram and when your post pops up, you know, if I might be like, uh, worrying about what a person thinks if I post this then I'm like you know what fuck it you know who fuck gives it. a shit if somebody resonates with it one person enjoys it or finds value in it that's all that matters yeah that's all that matters and yes. uh, w- one thing I I was looking at uh, some of your content and I heard you mention something about your first psychedelic experience and oh. and I had an interesting I've had plenty of conversations about psychedelic experiences not on not alive but like with mates and stuff and a lot of people say that it kind of changes their perspective on things it doesn't have to be everything you know somebody goes to bali and like oh i took uh, mushrooms and it changed my whole perspective on life but uh <laughs> you know it, it can really change your perspective did you find that i love psychedelics um and i really think they open your mind it's not that like you don't have those thoughts already but we build up these walls and we live very limited to these little beliefs and psychedelics just break down those walls, break down those barriers and allow you to just see things from a different point of view. Um, I find them, I think they're awesome. LSD, I would say, if you're in a bad mind frame, it can send you sideways a little bit. And that Mm. first time that I did it, I was in a very bad mind frame and I, I, like I said, I forgot that I'd even done them and I was like so fucking confused. And I remember thinking like half of my brain was like, Miranda, you've done drugs. It's going to be okay. And when you remember, you're going to laugh so hard. But the (laughs) other half of me was like, who the fuck is that talking to me? What the fuck is this? What is going on? But then the second time I did LSD, it was magic. And then mushrooms are so healing. Oh my goodness. So healing. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Uh, I'm not like I'm not going to be uh, expressed to be an expert in uh, psychedelics, but there's a lot of research about like psilocybin, and it can make you more em- empathetic and break yeah. down those barriers that you're speaking about. And yeah, yeah. obviously, we're, I'm not going to be going around telling everybody to take psychedelics because it's not something for everybody. It's no, I will, guys, take them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I I have to like you know pre- uh, pretend that I care about that <laughs> for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I. I have to say, yeah, they're eye-opening experience. And yeah. I, think, I think there is a serious stigma around them. And definitely people in fitness don't talk about shit like that, which is strange because there's definitely people that do it. They just don't want to talk about it because they're like, yeah. oh, I can't be a fitness person and a fitness person. You know what? <laughs> so the owner of uh, Budacom, right, when I went there, they have this thing where every training course they do mushrooms and everyone does them together. And there's like this guy that comes in and he does like a sound bath for everyone. We all lie on the floor. We meditate. We just dance all night. Like it's magic. Right. And he was saying, (laughs) if the police come in and they're like, you guys are doing mushrooms. And he's like, yeah, we are. If you aren't, if you're going to enjoy the drug and what it gives you, you should be there campaigning for the change and telling people what it's actually about because there's so many misconceptions like if you're going to enjoy the drug at least talk about it and spread awareness of how fantastic it is for all these different for all these different reasons i mean mushrooms are so so fantastic for healing like Mm. they they're using it in medication right now aren't they for like depression 
and stuff like that. And, and I can see why, because if you, if you have something that is bubbling away inside you and you take mushrooms, it's going to come up and you'll probably resolve it. Like, absolutely. And I'm going to, I'm going to go deeper than I probably thought I would expect in this podcast, but I had a, an experience like that, uh, done them three times and first two times fucking mad but like great fun like uh great fun mm. third time was a bad experience and basically i ended up having a bad experience with a mate and not talking there because of it. he started fucking with my head whenever i was on them so wow. that probably is still left a little sour taste in my mouth when it comes to them but i would yeah. definitely say you know you do have to be in the right headspace for that or be around the right people mm. but obviously going to somewhere like yeah. Budokan where everybody is like you know, we're doing this together. We're all a team and everybody's looking after each other. You know, that ethos that is in the combat sports, that kind of yeah. ring through there as well. Mm, totally. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and uh, I think you're right. You do. I don't know why I said no, I, I don't recommend doing it because you should, if you do believe in that, you should you should uh, fight, like talk the case out and like, you know, fight the case for it because it shouldn't be so stigmatised. Yeah, even marijuana, I find crazy that it's illegal. Like, I openly talk about being a stoner and being in fitness. And I think, again, people find it refreshing um, because there's so oh, many... Oh, yeah, I didn't even know that. Oh, I'm a big stoner. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking class. <laughs> I had a J before I did this. <laughs> I was and I was like, no, I don't want to freak out. I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait. <laughs> That's why I was a little bit quieter at the start and my face went a little bit red. <laughs> As you know, someone's a stoner. Everyone relaxes. It's like, oh, everyone's a stoner, um, but we're not allowed to say it because it's marijuana. It's so dumb. It's a fucking herb. Like, comes out the ground. Like, it's not that bad, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, I think, I think there is a serious stigma around it, especially with fitness. And even like, I'm growing up and I grew up in a small town in Ireland, and it's it's treated as almost like, you know, as bad as like heroin to a lot of people. You know, if you mention, like, if you get caught with like 20 quid's worth of it, you'll be put in the local paper and you'll be yeah. spoken about and like you could lose a job out of it. It's, it's fucking crazy for a plant that has less effect on you than alcohol does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so crazy. I've got friends that look down on me for smoking marijuana, but they love a drink. And I'm like, you know how many deaths are caused by alcohol and how bad alcohol is poison for your body. Marijuana is mm. just a herb. Like it's so it's so fun. No one's ever died from being too stoned, but no. people have died and caused huge act killed when they've been really drunk. It just it blows my mind the misconceptions. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, uh, the fact that it's illegal, it, re it just shuts it off to a certain percentage of people because they automatically think that whatever the government say is golden and, you know, these yeah. laws, you have to just obey them and they're right. But, like, yeah. there's nobody that is eternally right, you know. Science uh, disproves things that have been told us to be true, like, hundreds of years later and shit. So how are the government expected to be true on every single thing? Yeah, it's so funny. It's like when you think about the prohibition on alcohol, like we're just Crazy. in the prohibition <laughs> marijuana. Like marijuana actually in the history hasn't been illegal for that long. It's just like a prohibition right now. And everyone's still fucking smoking it and selling it and whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Like I don't, it, there's no reason for it to be illegal. Like you could tax it and like put that money in some Absolutely. really cool It's so dumb. Miranda for president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your campaign speech there. <laughs> the NHS, guys. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, oh, this is a silly question, you definitely have, but you've definitely smoked and just trained before. That's a serious buzz when you do that, isn't it? You know what? I can't do that. No. No, I really can't do that. I can't, I lose, I lose body awareness. Like, it, I've tried to smoke and go for a run. My husband loves that. Um, I, my legs are just too heavy. I trip up on the smallest thing. So, um, yeah, I can't do that. But I do just smoke and chill. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's what it's, uh, it says in the tin. That's what you should do. <laughs> now, personally, I, I think I love doing a bit of flow whenever I'm... I have yeah. not, whenever I have a wee I might do like 15, 20 minutes flow. And it's the opposite Everyone of you. Tells me that they uh, love yeah. It's strange. I feel like I have more body awareness whenever I'm doing it. But then there's the case, you know, when you might go too far and you put that little bit too much in and then I'm mm. like doing a crab reach or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> have, you done, have you ever smoked and then done jujitsu? 
because I've heard that's amazing. But again, I just can't even imagine being able to do jujitsu. You have to, you do have to gather yourself and you have to be quite smart because you can go, you need to be smart about how much you put in as well. But if you're smart, you're you're going to be all right. Well, Well, uh, I'm not that good at jujitsu and I did it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what time are we at now? I haven't even checked the time. That conversation flew us through 40 minutes. You're not stuck for time, are you? No, no, I'm good. Sweet, sweet. Uh, and when, when it comes to things like BJJ and combat sports, what would you tell girls or anyone who's interested in trying these things, like if they have some thoughts that maybe I shouldn't do it because they get pushed back, like you mentioned before? I would say any women thinking about doing any kind of martial art, there is no better feeling than walking through a shitty estate at 2am in the morning on my own with my phone that's dead all my belongings on me and knowing I can hold my own if some guy comes up to me it's the best feeling ever I walk around with my head so high because I know I can hold my own or at least put up a good fight like being in a situation where you feel so powerless is the most demoralizing feeling ever like it mm. I remember being younger and ha- having that feeling stay with me of just feeling so powerless and not being able to protect myself and you just kick yourself afterwards because it's like why did I not learn to protect myself and you carry that guilt around with you which is bad in itself because it's like say if you have experienced any kind of trauma it's like it's that victim guilt of like why didn't I protect myself but just knowing I can put up a fight is the best feeling ever yeah absolutely I'm not female, but I can say that's a similar sort of feeling as well, knowing that, you know, like if anything happens in a night out, I can at least defend myself or if somebody goes for somebody, I can kind of at least try and de-escalate the situation and feel confident in it. I think that was a, a big part of it for yeah. myself. I was somebody yeah. who got bullied when I was younger because I was a little chubby, little chubby fucker. And <laughs> uh, I think that kind of stuck with me a little bit um, that I mm. wanted to be able to protect myself if something did happen. Nothing has happened. I haven't, yeah. got, I haven't got the head slapped to me in a while, apart from in the ring, so I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that kind of thought process of, like, you know, me being a little bit chubby when I was younger and affecting how my behavior is now, do you have anything like that that you kind of, you know, something, a story you told yourself when you are younger that you kind of affects your behavior a little bit now? Or maybe, what do you mean? Like, that I... like, let's say I told myself that I was like whenever I was younger I was a little bit chubby or you know so I wasn't like confident in myself and I wasn't confident in protecting myself because I wasn't athletic and then it made me want to go and do something like BJJ or boxing because I could then obviously lose a little bit of weight and then feel more confident in myself if like a, an altercation happened you know I, I kind of linked them two together I was kind of obviously I could be talking shite. I'm not a psychologist, but <laughs> the event like that, you know, like a story from your younger years that like, you know, oh shit. Now I can realize that maybe I'm doing this because, you know, I'm trying to avoid what happened then. I'm Toast rambling on. I'm talking shite here. <laughs> no, I, um, fitness gives me a feeling of like strength and control that I really thought I would never get back. Because when you're raped, you you just feel like everything is just taken from you, all your power, all your strength. Like you just feel so useless. And to be able to go into a gym and build up that strength, build up that confidence, I know that's why I do it. Even though like I hadn't really confronted everything I've been through until like August, September time, I know deep down I was looking for that inner strength again that I'd really, I'd really lost. Um, So yeah, I know that's why, that's why I do it to just feel, to feel in control again and to feel comfortable in my body and to see what my body is capable of achieving. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, And it's, the main reason why I ask is part of what I want to do here is find out about people's stories. And I'm fascinated by like how your younger years can affect what you do in your later years. And you know, this, I want to use this as a platform for people's stories. You know, people can learn a lot from our stories as we were speaking earlier. So 
thanks for sharing that. that um, my story is uh, not as interesting as yours or as uh, powerful. And I seen the work that you're doing with that charity. I can't think of the name off the top of your off the top of the head, but you're doing some really great work. Is it I am Arla. I am Arla. I was going to say Arla, but I was like, I don't want to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> but I find I think that's really powerful that you're doing something for women and you're doing something that really resonates with you. Does it give you a little bit? Does it make you feel happy? You know that you're helping other people that way and bringing some light to that. Yeah, totally. It feels really good to be able to. Um, share it with women and I guess put any negative experience to a good use because otherwise mm-hmm. it's that it can just sit with you um, and if you don't if you I don't know if you if you allow the experience to have all the power just it can really manifest in certain ways but if you take that experience and you turn it into something good like helping I am Arla and sharing my story with different women I don't know it's it's a really healing experience for me Mm. and it's been awesome to connect with different women who have had similar experiences and show them Mm. that Mm. you can get that strength back you can feel comfortable in your body again um but it's just work Mm. well you don't seem to be shying away from hard work so fair play (laughs) fair play and I'm gonna bring you on to the final few questions and a lot of podcasts do final questions so I'm going to try and keep it a little bit more entertaining not as typical uh, uh. <laughs> first one I want to ask is what's the one thing you've done in isolation that you wouldn't have done only for isolation came in oh god I mean uh, oh repotting all my plants is that really boring but man it's just a ball ache job I didn't want <laughs> But I set a whole day and I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. Hey, everyone's getting them ball lake jobs done, man. Ball lake jobs. <laughs> hey, not too bad. Mine would be this podcast. I've been putting this shit off. Yeah. I was like, fuck it, let's just do Yours it. Yours is way better than mine. <laughs> nah. <laughs> hey, them pots need to be repotted, man. It has to be done. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best movie or series that you've watched in isolation? Bojack Horseman. Oh my goodness. Have you watched it? No, I've tried it before. I Maybe I need to give it a revisit. Sell it's it. Very Sell good. it to me. It's very good. It's very deep. It on the surface level, it just seems like a silly cartoon of a silly horseman just walking around being a dick. But they tackle all kinds of different issues: depression, um, drug abuse, drug addiction. It's awesome. Really, mm. really great. Fuck! I must give it a whack. Have you watched Rick and Morty? It kind of seems along similar exactly. sort of buzz. Yeah. You can get out what you want. It can just be like a silly, fun cartoon, or you can really read into it, and it can be, it can tackle some serious issues. Rick and Morty is fantastic. If you dig that into that after a few joints, sometimes it can go too deep, oh and you're my like, "Fuck!" Hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> so bad. Fuck. One of the first podcasts I did, we started talking about simulation theory, and I was like, "Nah, that's enough. <laughs> that that's like smoking two joints and watching Rick and Morty." You're like, "Nah, not having that." Save <laughs> that one. Uh, I'm massive into music, so I always wanted to. I always want to ask a music question at the end. I, I love the the vibes we bring in with the tunes. But is do you have any albums that like, or an album that you you're like, oh fuck, that's my favorite album? Or are you more so into like you know tunes rather than albums? I'm getting yeah. into the listening the whole albums buzz lately, so I'm trying to get some inspiration for myself. I mean, one album that I could just listen to again and again is. Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. Oh, class. Just takes me back to a moment in my life where I was so sad. And I remember sitting on the tube, like going to work and being so heartbroken. And just that's that album just getting me through. Um, ah, it's just such a good album. Is that Forrest Gump that's on that, isn't it? Yes. Oh, that's a fucking class album. Every song is a banger. It's yeah. just bang after banger. It's just gorgeous. And it's one of them albums that you can listen to and it kind of, it's like a proper album. There's nearly like a story running through. Right. A lot of it. I love that. That's one of the reasons why I'm getting back into albums rather than songs because sometimes the whole piece of art is meant to be listened to the whole way through rather than just like, you know, yeah. you listen to this song and you listen to that song. So, totally. When you get an artist, like it's a show, isn't it? Like you could go from the start to the end. Kanye West is really good for that as well. Like yeah. albums are art and you listen and you let 
like it's like a little journey that they take you on whereas if you just go songs you just you miss a little bit of it don't you you miss a lot especially with kanye west have you listened to college dropper <laughs> i hope you have i lose a lot of respect of oh my goodness <laughs> yeah so uh, good. i love the fucking skits that he does in his uh, his albums you know like the little boys singing broke 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 far broke half it <laughs> so good uh who else is fantastic um oh no his name it's all good it's all good we move on if you think uh, of it you can come back to it uh any book or what's the most uh what's the best book that you've read or what's the most influential book that you've read in basically? isolation and just in general if you can go isolation okay. if you so i'm a fucker for a self-help uh, a self-help book i love them mm. um so the dance of the lion and the unicorn is amazing and it's one of them that you read and then you start analyzing everyone in your life um, and their different relationships is yeah. really cool and it's all about your childhood and how it affects your relationships mm. um and yeah that one's really interesting um i love the happiness prescription or the ultimate prescription to happiness by deepak chopra great book one of them where like you read a book a, a page of it and you have to like close it and just think like wow <laughs> just sit at the balcony look at yes do you um, find it hard with, with those self-help books to take in all the information that's one thing that i've probably i found hard i love self-help books but that's the thing that gets me taking in the information yeah you have it's like a bit of homework you can't just zone out you've got to read it yeah yeah definitely it's like work. you have to work on it and yeah. uh that's all the questions the last thing i want to say is thank you very much for coming on i had great crack and uh thanks for sharing everything where can people find you and what what's going on with you coming up so you can find me at at the bodyweight bitch that's me my insta and also at the bitch clinic um i teach donation-based classes every single week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then if I'm not there, I'll probably be at my work Instagram called Jab, um, doing like boxing classes. But yeah, it's all like boxing, flow, fun circuit classes, and good vibes. And serious <laughs> fucking tunes as well. Tribal <laughs> vibes, tribal vibal. Tribal vibal, baby. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Bye-bye.